Welcome to Wellness Your Way, the podcast that gives you tips and tricks to get physically, emotionally, and mentally healthier in your way. I'm your host, Megan Lyons, a Harvard graduate and former management consultant who left the business world behind to follow my passions and help others live their happiest and healthiest lives. Today, I'm a board-certified holistic nutritionist and owner of the Lion's Share Wellness, a health coaching company that has helped thousands on their own way to wellness. Wellness Your Way is an extension of just that, aimed to help you find your unique path to feeling your very best. Each week, we'll go through tactical strategies you can use to improve your health, happiness, and quality of life. So grab a mug of tea or lace up your walking shoes. We're about to dive in. Hello, hello. It is episode five, which feels like a big deal. I read that 12% of podcasts don't make it past one episode, so we're doing something right around here, and I'm always so glad to hear you're enjoying the podcast. Today, we will be talking about what to do in 15 minutes a day to increase your positive emotions and decrease your stress. I'll make a recommendation for something that has helped my foot pain more than anything else. I will teach you how to start a morning routine in five steps and offer you entry into a free morning routine challenge, and I'll answer some listener Q&A on mentally dealing with a high BMI and whether I eat fruit. So brace yourself. It is time for another fun episode. It's time for health news you can use, and today I am talking about a fun new study in the Journal of Emotion from September 2020. This is relevant to me because I've been super into walking during the pandemic as a great way to clear my mind, to get some fresh air, to get away from the computer in a safe and socially distant way. Usually on my walks, I'm listening to podcasts, so if you're on a walk right now, I love it. I'm right there with you, Uh, but I'm actually going to ask you to stop listening once you finish this episode, of course, and just look around for 15 minutes because that was the point of the study. Everyone in this study took 15-minute walks outside every day for eight weeks, and half of the people in the control group just took a walk, and they thought that was the point. The other half was assigned to take an awe walk, A-W-E, awe walk, where they looked around at their environment and they tried to feel awe in some way by connecting to nature or feeling gratitude for their neighborhood or reveling at just the amazing nature of human life or appreciating the weather, some way of feeling awe. And those who took the awe walks experienced greater awe during their walks, which is kind of obvious, (laughs) like hopefully they did if that's what they were trying to do. Uh, But the important part is they reported greater joy and pro-social emotions, that's the term they use, pro-social emotions during the walks, an increasing smile intensity over the course of the study. So these people also had to take pictures of themselves daily and the people who 
just went for a walk, their smile stayed the same. The people who went for the awe walk, their smile got bigger each time uh, or consistently throughout the study. Uh, And then here's the really, really, uh, the part that really hits home for me, even outside of the walks, just generally in their daily life, they had increases in daily pro-social positive emotions, daily positive emotions, and greater decreases in daily stress. So the people who spent 15 minutes feeling awe on their walk felt more positive during the rest of the day and less stressed during the rest of the day. So if you are feeling stressed or negative, I highly recommend a 15-minute awe walk daily. And I'm going to give you bonus points here if you take a photo while you're walking so you can spread the with others. Share it on Instagram. And if you tag me, I'm at the lion share on Instagram, tag me and I'll cheer you on and I'll celebrate your awe as well. Let's just start a little awe ripple and get everyone feeling all of these positive emotions. I'm going to post a link to that study in the show notes if you are curious. Next up is the product recommendation, the Megan recommends portion of the podcast. And did you know that 77% of adult Americans experience foot pain? This number kind of blows my mind. I thought it was just me, uh, but apparently it is not. A few years ago, I actually had just the nastiest case of plantar fasciitis that lasted over a year. And if you've ever had plantar fasciitis before, you know it is awful. I went to all the doctors, did all the stretches, tried all the treatments, all the things, and it honestly didn't start getting better until I started wearing UFOs all of the time, like literally all the time that I'm not in bed or exercising or in front of people where I have to wear nice shoes, I have UFOs on a hundred percent of the day. They are specifically designed to reduce stress on feet, knees, and lower back. They have a nice little built-in arch in there, but they're really soft and cushy. They feel like magic. As soon as I put them on in the heat of my plantar fasciitis, I was like, Ah, okay, my feet can breathe again. I now stand the majority of my 12 plus hour work days with no issues when honestly before wearing UFOs, I could not walk from the bed to the restroom. In the middle of the night, I had to put on slippers or shoes or something Otherwise, I would limp in pain. So um, I love these things. I have no affiliation with them at all. Uh, I wish I did, uh, but I don't. I buy them myself, and frankly, they're a little bit expensive, Um, and they're not super cute either, just to be honest, but they make a huge difference to me. I could not recommend them more highly. I will never give them up. I've bought several pairs, and I'm going to put a link to the specific ones that help my foot pain in the show notes for you. It's time for the veggies of the matter. And this week we are talking about morning routines, a topic so near and dear to my heart. If I could think of one habit that has truly changed my life, revolutionized my life, I would unquestionably choose my morning routine. I, of course, consider veggies to be just the kings of the food world. I love my veggies. I love my exercise. I feel so much better when I hydrate. I love meal prep. There are so many things that 
I love in the health world, but above all, it's my morning routine that sets me up to be the healthiest, most energized, most empowered, most productive version of myself, and I uh, I just savor it every single day. My morning routine has lowered my anxiety. I've struggled with anxiety for years and years and years, and the morning routine helps tremendously. It's made me more intentional about the energy that I project to the world, how I want to show up to my family and my clients and my colleagues and my friends and strangers walking down the street. It's increased my gratitude significantly. It's helped me reach business goals that uh, I probably wouldn't have even dreamed about before because I'm so intentional with my day after my morning routine. And honestly, it's brought a lot of joy to my life. It is my favorite part of most days. Um, I really savor this part of the morning, like I said. Now, I want you to think about a few mornings. I'm going to give you three scenarios and see which one you fall into and see which one you want to fall into. So scenario A is you wake up frantic. The kids are screaming. You've snoozed seven times. You're late. You are throwing things around. You're basically having to decide between eating breakfast and putting on makeup because you don't have time for both. You're already feeling behind. You jump into the car or you get on your first Zoom call and you're already exhausted. It just feels like hyperdrive the whole time. That's scenario A. Scenario B is you wake up to your alarm and you just roll over. You grab your phone You spend the next 45 minutes or 75 minutes or who knows how long just scrolling through social media, comparing yourself to other people subconsciously, going through the news, which let's be honest, no matter how you feel these days is pretty negative. You're answering emails maybe. You're seeing what anyone else needs from you. The rest of the day just kind of feels like an icky fog because of this. That's scenario B. And then scenario C, you wake up. It might not be easy to wake up. I'm going to, you know, be honest here. But you wake up and you get out of bed excited to spend time focused on you and what your mind and your body needs for that day. You're filling up your own cup before you dive into work or the day's demands. You have the time to ease into the day, to feel positive, to feel energized, to feel productive, to feel uh, uh, excited to get into the rest of the day when it's finally time to get started. I know that sounds idealized, I know, but for me, it's completely accurate, scenario C, and I really want to help you feel this way too. So if you find yourself in scenario A or B, uh listen up. I want to help you get into scenario C because if something has changed my life this much, I can't help but share it with you and help you change your own life. I have already tons of resources on this. I'm going to link to a blog post on why I do a morning routine, one on the exact steps that I personally follow, and one on how to supercharge your morning routine and actually get out of bed. But Today in the podcast, I'm going to walk you through five steps for you to start your morning routine if this sounds like something you're interested in. So step one is to choose your wake-up time. 
this sounds pretty obvious, but we've got to choose. If you've been rolling out of bed at, you know, 8.59 a.m. to get to your 9 a.m. Zoom call, I'm not about to suggest going to 4.30 a.m. all at once. Um, Usually between 4.30 and 5 is what time that I wake up, depending on what the day has in store for me. Uh, But when I started my morning routine in 2013, I started with a buffer of five minutes. That's it just five minutes I committed to getting up early. I think you can go even further though. So what I'm asking you is to set a consistent wake up time within 30 minute zone, uh, Monday through Friday. So your brain gets the message that it's time to wake up. This is a real thing. Hormones like cortisol, melatonin, et cetera, start to adjust to your sleep schedule. When you're in that consistent schedule, it makes it easier to wake up, easier to fall asleep, et cetera. So within that 30 minute, uh, window, I want a consistent wake up time Monday through Friday. And then, uh, I want you to figure out what time you need to wake up or what time you're getting up right now and roll that back between 15 and 45 minutes earlier than what it's at currently. This might seem like a lot. So even if 15 minutes sounds like a lot, I encourage you to think about all of the benefits that you're going to get. If 45 minutes seems like a lot, just start with 15, just start between 15 and 45 minutes. Um, and imagine that contrast, imagine that scenario A, B, or C getting into scenario C by giving up 15 minutes, getting up 15 minutes earlier, that is worth it. It makes a huge difference. You'll continue to feel that difference all day. So pick that wake up time, 15 to 45 minutes before you need to wake up. And then step number two is to figure out how to not skimp on sleep. So if you're very well rested and you're getting plenty of sleep already, those 15 to 45 minutes in bed might be just fine to skip. In that case, just fast forward to step three, uh, 30 seconds, one minute to step three. Um, But if you're just getting by on sleep or if you feel like you would benefit from even more sleep than you're getting right now, let's try to move back your bedtime 30 to 60 minutes earlier. So 15 to 45 minutes earlier for your wake up time and your bedtime is going to go back 30 to 60 minutes earlier. And I know this is hard. I hear from clients all the time, this is my only time to unwind. I have too much work to do. I can't get to bed earlier. I love watching XYZ TV show or I love my glass of wine at night or I didn't catch up on social media all day and this is the time that I uh, find myself just scrolling in an endless trap for several hours. I hear you. There are so many reasons why it's hard to get to bed on time. The days are short. I myself go to bed around nine and most nights I don't finish work till eight. So this is not much time. And and could I stay up for the next three hours and scroll or putz around or watch TV? I totally could. I hear you. But I think of the time I'll spend on my morning routine as my personal time to unwind. It's just about shifting that time from the evening to the morning. When you shift it to the morning, it has the added benefit of impacting your entire day. Actually, I think it has the added benefit of impacting your entire life. I really do believe this. So if that means just taking your scrolling time and uh, giving it up for something that can truly change your life, that's worth it. So think about how to shift your bedtime 30 to 60 minutes earlier. I recommend setting an alarm 
for the nighttime. So let's say you want to go to bed at nine o'clock like me. Maybe you set an alarm for 60 minutes before eight o'clock and you say, Hey, bedtime's in an hour. Then another one for eight 30 say, really put down whatever you're doing, start getting ready for bed. Those alarms can help you, uh, jolt out of the scrolling cycle or whatever you're doing, uh, and tidy up the kitchen, do what you need to do and get to bed. If you feel like you have trouble sleeping, I'm going to post a a link to a blog post on tips to improve sleep naturally. Uh, but step two is to figure out how to not skimp on sleep. Step three is to decide what you'll do during your morning routine. So now this is the fun part, deciding what to do. I think this is completely customizable. So I know people sell like these are the only three things you need to do in your morning routine or whatever. But honestly, I think the best, in quotes, best set of habits depends totally on the person. So if you tend to be the person who is wired, stressed, on the go all day, habits that involve slowing down, unwinding, um, peaceful time, that might help. If you're more like locked in methodical tasks all day, uh, maybe you try expressing some creativity in the morning. If you tend to be negative, maybe you try gratitude or reading positive quotes. Just think about what is lacking or what you'd like more of in your life and your day and start with a habit that will bring you that. Notice here that I said a habit. It's totally okay to start with one habit. If you feel like you can reasonably bite off a few habits, then more power to you. But honestly, it's better to start with one and really commit and be able to do it than it is to bite off more than you can chew, do them for a day or two days, and then give up. So start with what is reasonable to you. You can always build from there. Here are a few ideas to choose from. The habits that I recommend choosing from spell wake up, wake up, and then there's one extra bonus one at the end uh, just for ease of remembrance. So the W in wake up is water. Drinking a big glass of water first thing is so healthy. It flushes out those toxins that your kidneys and liver have collected overnight. It energizes you. It keeps you hydrated. It's a great place to start. And if that's all you choose to do, that's great. The W of wake up. The A of wake up is affirmations. And I have a blog post that I'll link to on how to write affirmations. It's not about saying things that are false or overly contrived. It's just a way to refocus your mind on what's important to you. The K of wake up is knowledge. I love my 10 minutes of reading each morning. This is honestly my favorite part of my morning routine. Um, and I'm going to link to my 2020 reading list, 20 have or 20 books that I recommend in 2020. Um, but knowledge can also come in the form of a podcast, of course, this one or another great one. Um, it can come in the form of an audiobook, the newspaper, or any other source of education. E of wake up is for exercise. Exercise has infinite benefits, but most notably the, uh, for the benefits that we're talking about here is that it makes you feel energized and great for the rest of the day. So even if you're not getting in a full workout, committing to a 10 minute walk, maybe an awe walk or 15 push ups each morning or a 30 second plank, something like that can be a great place to start. The U of wake up is for unwind. 
For this part, I love meditating each morning. There are so many benefits of meditation, but it could also mean breathing, praying, journaling, sitting still, petting your dog, snuggling with your kid. Any other way of inviting calm into your morning can be your you for unwind. And then P for positivity. For this, I read a positive quote. And many of you know I love my pepper planner. I created a morning routine uh, planner, a morning routine, and also health tracking and productivity tracking and goal setting planner. This is the Pepper Planner, which I will link to in the show notes. And I love one part of the Pepper Planner that I love is the uh, positive quote that is on each page, a different positive quote. So that makes my P for positivity easy. But I also listen to a positive song in the morning. Any source of positivity for you will work. And then that's wake up, W-A-K-E-U-P. There's also a G in here. Gratitude will always be my favorite morning routine habit, even though it doesn't fit into the acronym wake up, but it is so very powerful. It's where I started my morning routine in 2013, and it's one habit that I will never skip no matter what. Gratitude for me involves thinking of three things for which I'm grateful, and I write them down. You don't have to write them down if you're just starting, but just thinking of them honestly does brighten the rest of your day. It primes your brain scientifically or psychologically. It primes your brain to look for the good stuff in life rather than to get hung up on the negatives, which most of us do without that priming. So all of those are seven items that you could try. One, of those, two of those, three of those, seven of those, those are things you could try. But let me be clear, those are not the only habits. If you have something totally different from that, if you want to do some sun salutations or some free write journaling, or you want to uh, plan your day in a productive manner, or uh, any other thing that you want to do can totally be part of your morning routine. These are just some guidelines of things that I find helpful. So of all of those, this is step three, just decide what you'll do during your morning routine. One, two, a couple of those habits that you'll do. Step four is to make it exciting. So if you think of waking up as a chore, it's going to feel like one. And I'm guessing that like most of us, you do not need more shoulds in your day. Like I should wake up. I should do a morning routine. That is so not motivating. So let's reframe it to I get to, as in I get to wake up early and have some time for myself that feels so good and makes the rest of the day better, that makes me productive, that makes me energized, that makes me positive, that makes me show up to the world as a better person. I get to do that. I recommend finding something that makes your time physically comfortable. Like I like to brew a cup of coffee. I use this special pink blanket that I only use for my morning routine. I try to get my dogs to sit on my lap for some extra cute factor. And I totally do bribe them with treats in the morning, yes. Um, But you might like to play some music or put on some slippers or set some mood lighting. Whatever makes you feel cozy and centered to make it exciting. That's step four. And then five, step five is to eliminate excuses and commit to getting it done. Let's be honest, there are a million reasons why it's hard to get up early, but like we said before, that benefits outweigh every single one of those reasons. I know you will feel it to be true once you get in the habit of it, but I also know there are several excuses that pop up, and I like this Bruce Nauman quote, Nauman, I think that's how you say his name, Uh, the quote is, if you really want to do it, you do it. 
There are no excuses. In almost every case, I agree, especially in the case of getting up for your morning routine. So I'm going to go through just a couple of the excuses that I commonly hear. Um, and if this is one of yours, then great. You have an answer. And if yours is different, I want you to think about it here and think about how you can eliminate that excuse. So if you say, I want to get up, but the morning rolls around, I just hit snooze, then I want you to outlaw snooze. Decide right now, never, ever, ever, ever to use snooze again. Put your alarm clock across the room. Just decide that you'll drink a glass of water or brush your teeth or something as soon as the alarm goes off and disable the snooze capability on your phone. It really is possible. It's as simple as the decision not to use that. If you say, I'm just so tired, I want more sleep, uh, then go back to number two, step number two, which is about rolling back your bedtime and think about if you truly need more sleep. If you do, get to bed earlier. If not, just commit to getting up for five days in a row and your body will start adjusting. Next excuse is life just gets in the way. I'm up with the kids. I'm out to dinner with friends. Life just gets in the way. If you're up with the kids in the middle of the night and you truly need more sleep, this is the only time I'm going to say get more sleep. I have a non-negotiable for my morning routine, which is a few deep breaths and a few things I'm grateful for that will literally take one minute on the busiest days. And I really believe everyone, everyone can find one minute in the day. So be realistic with yourself. If life gets in the way and that's out of your control, like kids in the middle of the night, give yourself some grace and stick to that one minute non-negotiable and you can find time. But if it's in your control, if life gets in the way, like I just had to watch that extra episode of TV or something like that, just remind yourself that you're choosing that TV over your morning routine. We all have 168 hours in the week and we choose how to spend them. We really, really do. So if life gets in the way, be honest with yourself. Next excuse is I get wrapped up into work too quickly. I forget to do my morning routine. Well, I say commit. Again, this comes down to commitment. Commit to doing one of these things, the wake up or the gratitude, before diving into work. And you can put a post-it note on your phone, put a post-it note on your computer, get an alarm clock that's not your phone, hide your phone, do whatever it takes to uh, encourage or not even encourage yourself to make it hard for yourself to start working uh, before you take this time for yourself. Know that you'll be a better employee once you do dive into work. And then the last excuse that I hear is my kids get up early. And I have seen so many parents successfully incorporate their kids into their morning routine. So I know this is possible. If you have a baby, you can practice deep breathing or listen to a positive song while you're feeding your baby. If you have a toddler, maybe you if the toddler's just learning to speak, you have him or her repeat your affirmations back to you. This is so cute. You've probably seen some Instagram videos on it. I love seeing seeing little kids repeat affirmations. If you have a younger child, maybe practice quiet time where you're reflecting and the child is drawing or reading. These positive habits will rub off on your children. So all these excuses, basically the bottom line is commit to just do it. And I know that can sound crass, but it is for your benefit. Once you celebrate how great you feel when you eliminate these excuses, it will become worth it. Just like any change, waking up earlier can be hard, but the truth is that you can do hard things when you're committed. And if you want to feel energized, centered, grateful, productive, positive, balanced, healthy, all these amazing things, you can do this. 
So set your mind to it. And to help you out, I've put together a free morning routine challenge. It's happening October 19th through 23rd. So if you're listening to this podcast at the time of release, this is next Monday coming up. It's a free challenge where we're all committing to do our morning routine in whatever form, at whatever time that takes for you from October 19th through 23rd for five days. So all you have to do is go to www.thelionshare.org slash wake up challenge. You'll sign up, you'll download a two page PDF sign up uh, instructions. The instructions will basically just tell you, wake up, practice your morning routine, take a picture, post it, and you'll be entered to win prizes. Every single day I'll give away prizes, Amazon gift cards, some pepper planners, sampling of coffee or tea to help you wake up, prizes every single day, and it's free. So head on over to www.thelionshare.org slash challenge, all one word. Alrighty, it's time for listener Q&A, and the first question comes from Jackie. Jackie asks for tips for mentally coping with a high BMI according to the charts, but the person has a very healthy lifestyle. So first things first, Jackie, you are the only expert in your body. On one hand, there's ignorance, basically, which is the unfortunate reality that many people just choose not to focus on their health, and they don't want to look at the numbers, and that doesn't sound like you. On the other hand, there's this deep conviction that you really are healthy, and you're doing the right things for your body, but some silly one-size-fits-all chart is making you feel otherwise. So think about which camp you fall into. I'm assuming that it is the latter based on your question. So then that brings me to the second point, which is I don't like the BMI metric. All BMI is is a calculation of your weight and your height, and it does not take body composition into account. So those with more muscle on their body or denser body composition, they're often considered overweight or obese. Tony Romo and Tom Cruise are overweight by this standard. Arnold Schwarzenegger is obese by this standard. It's just a silly metric. I far prefer body fat percentage. And even that is easier for some to achieve than others, but it's more correlated to true health outcomes. So if you're looking for a number, I highly encourage you to look for your body fat percentage instead of your BMI. So what you asked Jackie is actually about how to emotionally cope with it. I would do three things. Number one, start with gratitude for your body. Your body is healthy, strong. It's capable of doing amazing things. It has stood by you every single day of your life, and you've probably not treated it well every single day, let's be honest, but it's still putting up with you and serving you every single day. This is something to feel immensely grateful for. Every single thing about your body, if you have two working legs, if you have two working arms, if you can take taste, smell, hear, see, if you can walk through the day. There are so many things to feel grateful for. So that's step one, really feel the gratitude. Step two, do a gut check of what you could improve for your health. 
we can all improve something, every single one of us. So find a way to commit to doing something to improve your health. And then step three is to make a habit of complimenting yourself in the mirror every single day. I know this is super cheesy. I know it is, but most of us tend to look in the mirror and pick apart what we don't like. So to try to drown out that voice, we infuse some compliments in there. Every single day, put a post-it note on your bathroom mirror to remind you, look in the mirror and compliment yourself. And that will help you mentally cope with a silly chart that is making you feel bad about yourself unnecessarily. Second question comes from Yvette and she says, you don't seem to eat any fruit. Why? Uh, The short answer is I do eat fruit. I think the reason that you don't that you assume that I don't eat fruit is that I don't show it in my food prep photos, which is true. And this is because I don't do anything to prep it. And I'm only showing the things that I uh, am prepping. So I'm not showing my fruit there. Uh, but I do eat fruit. I buy a few cartons of berries each week when they're in season. Sadly, they're going out of season now. Maybe I'll buy a few apples in the future. Um, I get some fruit from Imperfect Produce when they have fruit options that I am excited about. I also get a monthly fruit delivery from my in-laws. Thank you, Pat and Gary. Um, All in all, I'd say I probably eat five or so servings of fruit per week. This is in big contrast to my eight to 10 servings of veggies that I eat every day. So you'll see my priority order here. I think fruit is great and fine and tasty uh, and healthy, but veggies are generally higher in nutrients and fiber and far lower in sugar. So in general, I prefer to prioritize them. For my clients, I recommend having a two-thirds rule where of your total produce intake, two-thirds or more comes from veggies. So if you're eating nine servings per day, woohoo, then no more than three of those would come from fruit and six or more of those would come from veggies. But I do think that fruit can be part of a and is part of my balanced diet. Um, And thank you for those questions. Last but not least is your call to action. So this week, this week's call to action is plain and simple. It is to join our free wake up challenge. It's five days next week. We're going to encourage each other to get up for an energizing, positive morning routine. We'll be cheering each other on, on social media. I'm offering a prize each day, gift cards from Amazon, free pepper planners, coffee, tea, you name it. Just go to www.thelionshare.org slash wake up challenge for all the details. We get started Monday, the 19th of October, 2020, and I can't wait to see you there. I can't wait to see you next week for an episode on uh, tips to do the things that you say you want to do, a little bit of self-talk challenge and information there. So I will see you both in the free wake-up challenge, and I will be right back in your earbuds next week for another episode of Wellness Your Way. Thanks for listening to another episode of Wellness Your Way with Megan Lyons. I always love connecting with listeners, so be sure to follow me on social media. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss brand new episodes each week. If you love Wellness Your Way, please leave us a rating and review. I appreciate it so much. 
Stay well, and I'll be back next week. The Wellness Your Way podcast is provided for information only and should not be misconstrued as medical advice. Please consult with your physician or otherwise qualified practitioner on any matters regarding your health and well-being or on any opinions expressed within this podcast or the LionShare website.